Raja Krishnamurthy will talk about this. As much as we are all now paying attention to train derailments, accidents, hazardous chemicals, there have been at least 272 hazardous material incidents involving trains in 70 Illinois communities over the past decades. I can't remember a one. Illinois tied for third highest total of hazardous material incidents in the nation in 2022. It's worse here than it is in Ohio. Between 1998 and 2021, 2 plus 21, 23 years, there were 148 derailments involving hazardous materials release in Illinois, according to records from the Illinois Commerce Commission. More than 43% of those occurred in Cook County or the Collar Counties. This isn't just some downstate train rolling through Effingham. Burlington Northern Santa Fe spent more than $10.5 million, including reimbursements to state and local authorities, according to the Attorney General's office, cleaning stuff up. I don't know if we're just looking for trouble here. That is, this goes on, but it's a manageable problem. Or is this something that we need to get in front of before the next hazardous derailment takes place in Illinois? Remember, the train fell off the tracks, and then with that hazardous material inside, they decided to puncture the tank and burn the fuel there. That was seen as the solution they were afraid that it was going to explode. What I still haven't heard is if you've got a derailed tanker car and you don't know what to do with it now and you're afraid if you try and ride it or do something with it, it's going to explode, can't they drain the fluid off into some other tank and then get rid of it? Why did they have to burn it there? And as they did, by the way, both governors signed off on that. The local officials signed off on that. The rail yard brought in experts, and everybody said this is the best way to handle it. So that burn was man-made, if you will, and the state and local officials, the federal officials, the senators said, yes, let's do that. Hmm. Uh, we'll talk to uh, Raja Krishnamurthy about that in just a little bit. Um, Oh, the congressman's already there. Good. Uh, then I'll go to this other stuff a little later on. <laughs> congressman, you're sitting right there. Let's take advantage of all of your time. Raja, are you ready to roll? How are you today, sir? Hey, John. How are you doing? Pretty good. Congressman Raja Krishnamurthy. What I'm trying to figure out, Congressman, is this is a problem, but how big of a problem? Uh, there is um, across the aisle legislation in Congress addressing it right now. Catch us up a little bit. So I didn't hear the, the start of your conversation. Was, uh, are you referring? Go ahead. Please. Yeah, I, I was talking about the train derailments and about making uh, Illinois um, and the rest of the country safer um, compared to what happened in East Palestine. Well, my goodness, uh, where do I start? Um, first of all, fortunately in Illinois, we do have slightly more stringent safety laws with regard to uh, the rails, and for good reason, you know, uh, you may have already said this, but uh, Illinois is kind of the epicenter of uh, class one railroad traffic throughout the country. Um, I think something like $3 trillion with a T uh, worth of commerce uh, happens through the railroads through Chicagoland, basically. And so as a consequence, we have slightly more stringent uh, safety standards. All that being said, there have been hundreds of um, incidents throughout Illinois 
over the past decade. And, um, you know, maybe you already talked about this, but the issue that is top of mind for me in light of what happened in East Palestine is our own um, issue regarding the merger of Canadian Pacific Kansas City Southern Railroad, which is going to increase freight traffic uh, from 3 to 11 to 18 uh, trains per day. And in the uh, environmental impact statement issued by the Surface Transportation Board, they said specifically, John, that this uh, merger will add 11,000 extra carloads of hazardous materials, 50% of which will be uh, flammable. And um, in addition to that, uh, each of the railroads together have had roughly five derailments of hazardous materials over the last five years. So this is not a trivial issue. Um, and we have asked the Surface Transportation Board to pause the merger and look at what happened in East Palestine relative to what's going on in Illinois. Because if it happened in our area, it would be just absolutely devastating given the density, the population density. Well, there were people looking at this merger before what happened in East Palestine. And I think one of the things that all of us who have lived in the suburbs of Chicago know about is when a train's going through, how it disrupts life in that town. you got to get across the tracks. Sometimes people try and run the tracks. But how long are these trains? How long would the delays be? Is, is that something that you look at also, Congressman? Absolutely. Um, you know, folks say, you know, one train could be as, as long as one mile long. So just to put that in perspective, it could, it, it could basically close off every intersection simultaneously in the village of Itasca, which is along the Milwaukee District West Line. If you did that, John, what you'd end up doing is increasing um, not only commute times, but uh, most importantly, you'd be increasing the response times for public safety vehicles, oh, yeah, right. uh, such as police cars, uh, ambulances, uh, fire trucks. Um, oftentimes in these villages, you know, naturally you're going to have uh, either a police station or a fire station on one side of the tracks, and you'd have a, an emergency on the other side. And so you could just imagine, you know, where minutes count, especially in saving lives, that this, you know, such a such a blockage, so to speak, would really, you know, cost cost people's lives. A train in East Palestine was two miles long. It's 117. Let's pause here. It's not the only thing that we want to talk to you about. You're also on a select committee that's getting attention. Congressman Raja Krishnamurthy is busy today. We got him for about seven more minutes. Congressman, you are on the select committee on the Chinese Communist Party. Has that been there all along? What's this committee all about? No, it was just established this Congress, John. Um, and basically, the, uh, the, the the legislation creating this special select committee um, has asked the committee to investigate and uncover facts with regard to the challenges posed by the Chinese Communist Party uh, from an economic standpoint, technological standpoint, and a military national security standpoint. And, um, you know, we also believe that we have to uh, propose steps to counter those challenges and help to usher legislation through other committees to do the same. So what's an example? What are we talking about here? Or what are you discovering? Um, there, there are so many issues. Um, our first hearing covered a few topics. So just as an example, um, you may already know this, but 
because of the way that uh, the CCP has um, conducted its kind of economic policies, it's engaged in a lot of um, unfair trade practices uh, and, you know, dumped goods on our uh, economy that are under cost uh, of producing them, um, conducted industrial espionage, uh, engage in economic coercion. So, for instance, forcing technology transfer for any business that wants to do uh, commerce in China. And the, and the net result is that, um, you know, in many parts of our country, the manufacturing sector has been completely hollowed out, uh, including in places in Illinois and the Midwest. Uh, another issue that we're very concerned about is um, what's happening with uh, human rights abuses uh, in the People's Republic of China, especially the genocide against Uyghurs, and also going after dissidents and human rights activists here in the United States. Uh, they do this through surveillance and, again, coercion. They've also uh, had uh, people actually um, assault uh, dissidents and, 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 and activists here. So the list is long, but you know, essentially, we're concerned about, you know, how do we protect our values and interests? But at the same time, you know, we have to engage the People's Republic of China. And our quarrel is not with Chinese people. It's with the CCP. It's with the it's with the party. Well, they're going to be there and I don't trust them. But I also know that's the most populous and one of the most vital economic engines on Earth. So I don't want to completely cut off trade or relations with them. But if I asked you guys to do one thing, it would be to bring to our attention how dependent we are on China for manufacturing of things. The pandemic taught us, if nothing else, that we need to right. be more independent. Is that a thrust of what you're doing? Absolutely. And you're, at, you're exactly right. During the pandemic, we learned that um, active pharmaceutical ingredients are mostly produced in the People's Republic of China. In fact, the CCP at one point threatened, uh, threatened us with, quote-unquote, drowning in coronavirus uh, if we continued with our criticism of uh, the CCP because they believed that certain medicines that we relied on during the pandemic came from there only. Um, but they also uh, manufacture a lot of cr other critical items, uh, including personal protective equipment, yeah. um, including certain the processing of uh, critical minerals that are necessary for, um, you know, electric vehicles uh, and battery manufacturing, and the list goes on and on. So part of the charge of this committee is to identify, you know, what are those supply chains that are so uh, dependent on the PRC and is basically controlled by the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, that we have to introduce redundancies. We have to be able to onshore, nearshore, or friendshore some of those supply chains so that we're not just dependent on Beijing for, uh, you know, uh, the luxury of having personal protective equipment, for instance. Can we pressure them? What is their relationship with Russia relative to the war in Ukraine, and should we be doing something about that? Absolutely. They have a pretty cozy relationship uh, with, with the Russians. I think that Chairman Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin see the world uh, very much the same. <clears throat> they very much uh, uh, believe that an international rules-based order or democracies 
flourishing around the world are somehow against their best interests because all of a sudden it threatens their reign on power. Um, the CCP is now considering providing armaments to Vladimir Putin uh, with regard to the Ukrainian war. And so we are basically marshalling our allies and friends and others uh, to talk about sanctions that would, and also openly threaten those sanctions, by the way, um, to dissuade or discourage them from you know, providing those armaments. That can't be good for anybody, including China, if this war drags on. I, I, I don't understand the geopolitics of that, what you said notwithstanding. Um, 30 seconds left, Congressman. Do you have anything to say about the balloons? Are we done with that? You know, I think that obviously the balloons uh, were visible and a, and, and, and a reminder of a bigger problem, which is, uh, you know, the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, operates a vast surveillance apparatus, John. Those spy balloons are just a small part of their uh, cyber spying, uh, but also the 350 satellites that they operate that are circling the globe every minute of every day. Uh, conducting surveillance as well, so um, we have to we have to deal with all of those issues, not just not just the balloon. Well, I hope that your committee continues to look into these things and informs the rest of us either about what you've discovered to the degree you can, or urges the Congress to do things that make us less dependent on China, if nothing else. When are you going to come through our studio again, Congressman? Would love it anytime, anytime you ask me, and I and I can do it. I'll do it. All right. It's good to hear your voice. Keep doing what you're doing, and thanks for your time today. Thank you, sir.